Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. It's so great to have you here with us on this Thursday. What a fun show we've got planned for you today here on Locked On Blue Devils as we're going to be talking about Duke football. They're bowl eligible, six wins on the year for Mike Elko and company, and we're going to break it all down what the win meant over Boston College, and what's ahead to close out the regular season for our Duke Blue Devils on the gridiron. My buddy Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast will be riding shotgun with us here on the show today. If you haven't done so already, again, make sure you subscribe to this podcast for free wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating and written review. Your support means the absolute world when you listen and uh, endorse Locked On Blue Devils. You can watch the show daily each and every day on YouTube. Subscribe there as well. Our goal, we're continuing to push towards 1,000 subscribers on the YouTube platform. It would be amazing to make that happen. Share the channel with your friends. Subscribe five days a week. We're bringing you the best content out there, the only daily podcast that you could find devoted to the life of Duke Athletics. All right, without further ado, let's go ahead and we'll bring in my good pal Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. Josh, I hope you're doing well, and I know everybody's got to be feeling good about the fact that the Duke football squad is bowl eligible. You hear we sit nine games into the season and already bowl eligible, so three more games left. Uh, what a great uh, what a great feat, man, for Mike Elko and for that whole program. Uh, just pretty incredible to see those uh, how quickly the turnaround has happened for sure. What did you think of the Boston College game? Give me your big takeaways. Friday night football, uh, going back to the start of the year, Duke had a Friday night game, but uh, had that conference Friday night slot with a lot of the country being able to watch Duke football. Uh, what did you make of their performance against Boston College? Well, I mean, judging from our our, our past, we don't do well in those primetime you know, right. slots, to be honest with you. And so coming away with a win was great. And it was an ugly win. I mean, let's, let's be honest. The defense kind of let us down a little bit in the second half. Um, made stops when they had to at the end, right. for sure. Uh, the Darius Joyner sack, the Shaka Hayward sack, <clears throat> things like that. But it was not a beautiful, it was not a pretty game by any stretch of the imagination. Our, our secondary was exploited a little bit in this game. A different rotation back there. You saw a couple of guys getting more snaps than usual, and I don't, I don't know that that's going to happen anymore moving forward. I think Coach Elko got asked about it in a roundabout way two or three different times in this presser. And so I think he, I think they get the drift that people were kind of scratching their head about those uh, defensive rotations. So who knows? Joshua Pickett didn't get as many snaps and other guys did. So we'll see what happens uh, on that. But yeah, I thought it was a little bit of a sloppy game, to be honest with you. 30, giving up 31 points, you know, was a little suspect, but then again, we're rushing, we're running the ball. Well, we put up 38 points there's not one logical Duke fan who's like, oh, man, I don't like that. We won by seven on the road in the ACC on a Friday night. We'll take it. 38-31, the final score. Duke is now 6-3 and three on the season. Riley Leonard at quarterback for Duke, 16 of 24 for 158 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. Leonard also ran for 96 yards in a rushing score. Again, I mean, Drake May is stealing every headline in the conference. And rightfully so. At North Carolina, he's yep. doing sensational things this season. Uh, but Riley Leonard has been so, so, so impressive this year. And you look, to be successful, 
There are multiple people on this team that you have to praise, but we've seen it over the last few years, Josh. If you don't have a quarterback, I'm sorry. You're just not winning games when it matters most. Yeah, uh, and Riley Leonard, you can't say enough about the kid. I mean, he's fourth in the conference in QBR right now after being projected to be the, the lowest uh, you know, quarterback in the, in the conference this year. Fourth in the conference of that. He's fourth nationally in rushing yardage from the quarterback position. Fourth nationally. So, I mean, he has been very productive. And here's the best part about it, J.J., and, and once again, it's very difficult for fans to like the word perspective is is sometimes very difficult. Remember, this this is a quarterback position at Duke that had turned the ball over for the last three seasons, previous seasons, whether it was fumbles, whether it was interceptions. I mean, this quarterback position, we definitely did not value the football like we ought to. And Riley doesn't turn the ball over. Uh, he does a really good job of like throwing the ball away when he needs to throw the ball away, living to play another down. Like it's okay. And so sometimes that does mess with your completion percentage, but I would much rather have a lower completion percentage and no picks than, you know yeah. what I mean? To have a higher completion percentage, but have thrown, you know, seven or eight picks on the season. So no doubt. I think there's all credit in the world's going to go to Ryan Leonard. I think he's earning that leadership role in the locker room as well. And, and the players just love him. So impressive. Again, Duke now with six wins on the season. They look forward to the last three games of the year, and it's been a, a great play from the offense. Riley's been uh, amazing. But going back to that Boston College game in particular as well, Duke as a team, you factor in Riley Leonard's efforts, 41 carries for 232 yards. That's an average of 5.7 yards per carry. That's massive. And four rushing scores. Uh, to, to, again, talk about that a little bit, Josh. I mean, that's over halfway to a first down every time that you're yeah. running the football, uh, which is so productive to be that efficient on the ground game. Well, you know, certainly the breakout uh, run by Riley uh, helps your yards per carry no for sure. But, I mean, we we were definitely uh, – I don't know what our stats are, and I know the advanced metrics are out there, but, like, I just don't see us getting stopped behind the line that much. It's like we always are, like, moving forward. Uh, in the running back position. It also is a testament to this running back by committee. I mean, uh, Friday night in Chestnut Hill, we saw Jordan Waters, who got banged up a little bit, but we saw him run the ball well. Jock Wesmore running the ball well, had a few uh, instances of Terry Moore as well in the game, running the ball well. And so we're doing all of this as a reminder to Duke fans without Jalen Coleman, our number one running back. And so, I can't say enough. I mean, we are only behind Florida State in yards per game rushing, and I think we're only behind them by like four yards. And so we may be able to catch them by the end of the season these next three weeks. I would love to lead the league in rushing. That would just be a really awesome feat. Yeah, no, we'll see if Duke's able to hold on to that and make that happen for sure. We'll talk a little bit more about Duke football after our first break here on today's episode of Locked on Blue Devils. Today's episode of Locked on Blue Devils is brought to you by Upside. Inflation has us all thinking about different ways to cut back. Whether it's driving less, dining out less, or buying less from the grocery store, we can all agree there's nothing fun about less. We want more. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With Upside, I don't have to cut back because I get cash back on every purchase. To get started, download the free Upside app. Use my promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. 
Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business for as usual. Pay as usual with a credit or debit card and get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, Upside, a proud sponsor of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. Welcome back into Locked On Blue Devils. I'm JJ Jackson alongside my buddy Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. All right, what's the outlook for Duke? Big picture. Three games left in the year. They're now bowl eligible. What does it look like for the Blue Devils? Well, you know, if you think back to 2012, the Jamison Crowder catch against UNC sent Duke to a bowl game, but there were four games remaining in that season, and Duke wound up going 0-4 to close that season out. And so the question mark – yeah, the question mark now is, uh, to, to borrow the term that Coach Elko has been using, how greedy do they want to get in November? And so the question now becomes, Are is this team satisfied with six wins and going to a, a nominal bowl, or do they want to see what they can do and what they can put together? I obviously believe it's the second, uh, the latter there. Um, when you have leaders on this team like Shaka Hayward and, and uh, Dwayne Carter, um, when you have guys like that, as we look forward, I believe they're going to they're going after that nine win season, man. They're going after that, you know, finish these last three games off. Now, as a as someone who's trying to be logical, I think if you break down these last three games, you have a should win, you have a uh, you have a fifty fifty, and then you have a could win. That's the way I look at it. You have your should win Virginia Tech. Yeah. You have a 50 50 toss up with Pitt, man. You never know what team is going to show up. Right. I don't know how that line is going to look. That's going to be a weird one for Vegas to figure out as well. And then the Wake Forest one. I mean, you know, the question with Wake Forest is which Sam Hartman shows up? Like, which offense shows up? Because they can look really good in like a top 10 team in the country one week. And then, I mean, Hartman the last two weeks has really, really struggled. And so, you know, who knows? We definitely, I will say this. We will be in, I believe, we will be in every one of these three games uh, as we close the season out, for sure. Which is amazing. I mean, the fact that we're talking about this for Duke in year one of the Mike Elko era, we didn't see this coming, Josh. Like, we didn't think it would hit right away in the first year, man. No, no, you're exactly right. I mean, we were were cautioned by everyone from the top down. I mean, Nina King all the way down to like, hey, let's pump the brakes. Let's make sure we're patient. Let's let's set realistic expectations. And man, I mean, they've blown them out of the water. Uh, you know, it's a testimony. We went. Coach Elko mentioned it this this Monday in his presser this past Monday. Really, the the um, transfer portal really did Duke well. I mean, Duke was Duke. He said they were they were seven for seven in the transfer for portal. Like every guy they brought in has been really beneficial and helpful. And he's like, you know, it's not always that way. Um, and so that's been a big deal. We've been able to really turn over some things quickly. I mean, the offensive line. When you do add Chance Lytle and Dre Harris, who now are starters every game on that line, I mean, if those guys weren't there, that line's not nearly as strong. Darius Joyner and Speedy Young, our secondary is nowhere near what it is right now without the transfer portal. So you got Nelson on the line, Cam Dillon at linebacker, just providing depth. And so that's been really the key, in my opinion, is that we've really done well quality-wise in the transfer portal. And it's allowed Coach Elko and his and his 
a coaching staff to turn this program around a lot quicker than what people expected. Okay, so now we're nine games into the year. Those three games left, you know you get to play a bowl game, so four total games left on the season for yep. Duke. Uh, when you look at this team, they're banged up. they got to be. You've played nine games worth of football. Health-wise, where's Duke at, Josh? What, what are some of the updates that uh, yeah. might stand out this week? No, great question. So Jacob Monk uh, was lost for the season. Oh, that was the big one, yeah. Yeah, um, and it happened early in the game at Boston College, and he continued playing on it. In fact, Coach Elko, well, this is kind of a little off-the-record stuff, but it's all good. Uh, <laughs> they, uh, The members of the coaching staff noticed it after the game that he was kind of limping around. Even – I'm talking about after the after – the, uh, um, locker room even like right. going to the bus and so it's not until he got back i don't think until he got back to durham possibly even that they were able to, to diagnose anything and, and there's no official diagnosis there it was just they saw him limping and he's out now uh one of the reporters asked coach elko about the possibility of jacob playing in a bowl game and he did not rule that out so obviously it's not like a torn acl or anything like that it may be a knee sprain and who knows i have no idea what right. it is but he's out for the remainder of the regular season. So what that looks like is that looks like Justin Pickett, uh, big old boy, six foot six. Like uh, he he will move into that right guard slot. And so Duke is now down to from the beginning of the year in their quote unquote rotation at yeah. at offensive line, they are now down to their final five as far as their initial rotation. So they had about eight in that rotation. They lost McIntyre, Jalot, and now Monk. And so now we're down to five. Now we do have three. You mentioned three guys. Uh, Caleb Perez, Addison Penn, and Brian Foley are going to provide depth at the O-line. And Addison Penn played some last year. Foley played some last year. Uh, so did Perez. They all three played some last year. So it's not like we're bare at offensive line, but it's just different. you got different guys that are going to have to yeah. step up. So that's a big deal. Um, obviously, we still don't know about Jalen Coleman. Uh, he has practiced every – for the last two weeks, he's been at practice and being and has been hit at practice. I do know that. So he's back full at practice. I'm not sure what the issue is with him. You know, the game uh, during the games, obviously Eli Pankol has is out for the remainder of the season as well. But we saw Samir Hagens and others step right up in his spot this past Friday night. So all that to say, I mean, the injuries could definitely be worse. I mean, let's let's be real; they could be worse. Fortunately for us, offensive line, running back wide receiver we've been able to be deep enough in those areas to kind of take that you know what i mean to be able to, to uh, navigate through those injuries and still play at a high level and i don't see why, we, why it would change josh cox from duke football talks section 17 podcast is here with us on today's show talking about duke football as they get set for their final three games of the season including a matchup uh, with virginia tech coming up this weekend let's take our final break and we'll have more right after this Today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils is brought to you by our good friends over at Bet Online. If you want to bet on sports, Bet Online is your number one source for all of that. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer. And we have esports betting now at Bet Online. It's outstanding. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. As we move forward in final few moments here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, I'm JJ Jackson alongside my buddy Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks, 
Section 17 podcast. Tell us a little bit about the Section 17 podcast. What you got this week, Josh? And if people haven't uh, discovered your show before, yeah. they need to. They need to discover it. So tell us about it. Uh, yeah. So each uh, each week we release uh, an episode where we will dive into the victory, hopefully, uh, from the previous weekend. Um, and then we talk through, obviously, our opponent. This past uh, Tuesday, we released an episode, or Wednesday, we released an episode and had a, a guest host with us, Cade Parmley, who was an offensive lineman on last year's uh, Duke football team. He he came on and hosted with us. One of our co-hosts was out of town. So we brought him on, and, and it was really neat to get him uh, talking about some of the things that we think we know about football. And he was yeah. able to say, Look, yeah, you're right, but, or, you know, this is, this, you know, it was really cool to get his perspective. But we try to bring you that, and then we interact on Twitter at Duke FB Talk. Um, Instagram, some, not a ton on Instagram, but we're, we are at Duke FB Talk there as well. And then on Facebook, we're over a thousand people in our group now. Uh, Duke, just searching Duke Football Talk. Uh, we're there. We give away t shirts every week. We try to stay engaged with our with fans and different people like that. And, and our goal, really, JJ, is to promote the Duke football program. Uh, at the end of the day, there's not been enough promotion of the Duke football program. And so that's our goal. Just as you guys do here every day on Lockdown Blue Devils, you're you're pushing Duke athletics, right, in general. And I'm sure you know this. There are certain elements of the athletic department, men's lacrosse, women's basketball, baseball, things like that, that maybe the common fan doesn't get the details of. And so sure. you guys are able to do that. We try to do that for football specific. That's what I we love do. It. Check it out, uh, the Section 17 podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. And do this for me, too, because – all right, so coming up on Saturday, uh, the game this weekend, we're back at home. We're back yes, at Wallace Wade Stadium. What is the origin story? Because I haven't asked you this in over a year, so maybe we've got some new folks. Yeah, yeah. What is the Section 17 origin story? And more specifically, what in the world is this name that you guys have put together for the podcast? Yeah, so uh, four of us started five years ago, started going to games together five, six years ago. So I got season tickets and started going games together. We were cheap, and so we only got – uh, the general admission tickets happened to be in section 17. We sat in the top row because we didn't want to walk down and have to walk back up. <laughs> and so we just started hanging out and, and following Duke football that morphed into uh, creating a Twitter handle that Duke FB talk Twitter handle was just kind of like, Hey, that way we don't have to use our personal. If we want to tweet about Duke football, it is what it is. And then that morphed into April of 2020. We had previously discussed, I had brought up, Hey guys, we ought to do a podcast. No one is doing Duke football podcasting. And we couldn't figure out a way for all of us to get together every week. I mean, it just wasn't going to happen. And then the pandemic hit. And so out of that, the entire nation was introduced to this thing called Zoom, right? And <laughs> so we were able to get together. And so we did our first episode in April of 2020, and we've just grown ever since then. And so Coach Elko is a, uh, has, has hooked us up a couple of times with retweets and helping us get our follower base going. And now we are media, and so we were able to go to press conferences and do all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, we've gone from fans sitting in the stands trying to have educated conversation about Duke football to now somewhat unofficially kind of a part of the program, which is really cool. But still every week in Section 17, right? Top row. Top row Section 17. <laughs> now, this this Saturday, I will be doing media, possibly. I have all my credentials. I may be up in the media box. I don't know if I can handle it. This is, you got to be quiet up there. You can't, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, they're, they are also this week, uh, it's not only – Military appreciation this week at Duke. Right. It's also pediatric cancer awareness week. And so one of our other hosts, Brian Kennedy, who you've had on the show here before, 
Uh, Brian's son has been battling leukemia for two years, so he'll be honored on the field this Saturday as well. So it's just a special time, you know, not only for the military, but also for the pediatric cancer yeah. uh, folks as well. Thank so. you for bringing that up because, uh, as I've mentioned a good bit as well, being impacted by that at, yep. at 11 and 14 in my personal life, uh, so, yeah, good things happening this week for Duke football. Um, so, Virginia Tech, what, yeah. what's the one thing we need to know about this opponent, Josh? I mean, it is – you mentioned should win, 50-50 could win. Why should Duke win this football game? Tell us about Virginia Tech. Yeah, first of all, they're 2-7, and seven, uh, and their first-year coach, Brent Pry. Yeah, uh, you look for, at records, maybe Duke should win this football game. Correct, then. correct, <laughs> if you look at that. Now, uh, the last three games, though, they have not won any of the last three games, but they have lost the last three games by a total of eight points. So they are right there. So I caution Duke fans. I know a lot of guys are sending us uh, – a lot of fans are sending us their uh, their score predictions for this weekend, and there's a lot of blowouts. I don't know. I picked us to win 31-27 because I feel like Virginia Tech is trying to turn the corner. Now, the thing about them specifically, Grant Wells is their quarterback. He's a transfer from Marshall. He does not run the ball well. And so we tend to do okay in those situations. Like we can get to the quarterback some, um, you know, especially here recently, we've been blitzing a little bit more. Um, they've got a good wide receiver um, who's got over 600, I believe over 600 yards. Uh, yeah, Caleb Smith, um, who was solid there. I mean, anybody that's over 600 some yards uh, at this point in time um, is is pretty good. And then on the defensive side of the ball, Dax Holyfield is huge i mean he is he's like shaka hayward with some pounds on him but just as quick and so that's really the three you got to look for um i think duke's going to be okay but i do think it could be a little bit closer than what people think all right so duke at virginia tech on saturday noon eastern kickoff watch the game support duke football we'll see if they can get that seventh win of the season and keep moving forward in the final three games of the year uh if you're watching us on youtube we love hearing from you each and every time, and, and the comment section is always available. So if you want to send your score predictions in, we certainly appreciate that. I, I want to shout out YouTube, though, Josh, because uh, a week or so ago, uh, got a comment on, on one of our chats that we weren't giving the specialists enough love on Duke oh, football. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's a fair. great, great I mean, thing to bring you know, up. So Porter Wilson at the punter spot. Yeah. And then kicking this year for Duke, we've seen both Charlie Ham and Todd Polino. So, and look, that's an honest call-out. We have not yeah. spent enough time talking about specialists with the yeah. football squad in our chats. So let's do it. I mean, you got Evan Decker as well as the long as your long snapper. Um, Porter Wilson is a uh, is an asset. Like Porter Wilson is good for either uh, either a uh, down punt in the with you know in the five at the five yard line, or he's good for like a momentum shifting seventy yard boom right. that just rolls forever. And uh, he is an asset. I mean, the stash, the whole deal, like he, he is awesome. And then, you know, Todd Polino, man, true freshman. By the way, it's going to be Todd Polino again this weekend. And, and I think I can say this. From what I can gather, it's probably going to be Todd Polino for the remainder of the season. I don't know that for sure, but that's from what I can gather. Todd Polino was a, a true freshman, 18-year-old kid on a Friday night. He is informed that, hey, you're the guy tomorrow. This was two weeks ago, and he went out and uh, that and and that was the Miami, yeah, yep. the Miami game, and he kicked six extra points and a field goal. He was perfect again this past Friday night at Boston College as an eighteen-year-old kid. Man, I am impressed. And now I've joked with him 
he's got to hit a 40 yarder before he can actually be considered like, you know, the <laughs> true kicker. He had a 39 yarder the other night against yeah. uh, Boston college. So, but no, uh, our specialists are, are doing well this year. And then, and then special teams in general. I mean, Samir Higgins had the long uh, punt return in the Georgia tech game. I feel like we've done well there. We haven't botched a lot uh, this right. year. And so, Hey, shout out to all the special teams guys, but yeah, the specialists are, are doing great. A brand new edition of Lockdown Blue Devils here today. Do us a favor, please, and subscribe on YouTube. Continue to leave us those comments. If you're listening to this podcast, wherever you get them, leave us a five-star rating and review. Your support means the absolute world. And for whatever reason, Apple Podcasts love the written algorithm. So please write out those reviews for us to let more people find our show. Josh, I can't let you go without bringing up Duke men's basketball very quickly. The season is back. And the people want to know, and by the people I mean me, who did like who stood out to you? Who were you? Uh, what? Who had good vibes? Shout out Martin Mitchell, you? man. Yeah. Uh, Martin Mitchell, like I don't care who is on this squad. Even when Lively and Whitehead get back, I, I told you, I believe I told you this on this podcast. He's sneaky, man. Martin Mitchell could sneak. He could like sneak up there and lead us in scoring this year because he's like a junkyard dog. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's a rebounder. He does those weird – and he, he's he got that Euro step, and he's so herky-jerky that he is – he draws fouls really well. Now, I will say this. If if the officials are not disciplined, they may call him for some travels that aren't really travels because sure. it looks like he travels on some of those Euros, but he's not. It's two right. steps. So, like – I love Mark. Like I love, I love his demeanor. I just love. He is wonderful. And then, if you're like a unathletic basketball guy, like you know, you're the guy that like goes out and plays at the gym, and you're like, man, I'm gonna run like as little as possible and whatever. Ryan Young has got to be your guy. I mean, the <laughs> footwork, uh, the head fakes, but he's smart. He plays really good defense. He is a mature seasoned veteran who is going to get playing time. I mean, don't get that twisted. Ryan Young did not have to start in that first game. They could have very easily put Flip at the five and Mark Mitchell at the four and gone that that route. They, I think they wanted to send a message with Ryan Young at the five, uh, him and Flip going back and forth. And by the way, Flip looked good. Double-double. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I you know, hey, I'm, I'm all in, man. I'm loving yeah. this team. I'm not trying – I'm not trying to – I'm not saying anything about where they'll end up at the end of the season. I'm just thinking when those other two guys get back, they're going to be fun to watch, and I'm enjoying seeing what John Shire's going to do with them. South Carolina Upstate tomorrow night, and then Kansas looming on Tuesday. In the weeks to come, we'll continue to talk Duke football with Josh Cox, but you know those basketball conversations are going to be coming as well, which I can't wait. Oh yeah, to and we got to talk whenever we get a chance to. You know, we got to talk NBA because our boy yeah. Tatum is our boy Tatum is going to be in that MVP conversation this year. There's Once no doubt. Again, we've got so many things to talk about. That's for I know. sure. I need to come good. clean. I need to come clean, Josh. You ready for this? Well, let me hear it. I have officially seen Jaden shoot miss a three point jump shot. Yeah, yeah, but I will. Let me tell you something about that kid. He's ready to shoot, bro, and he is. <laughs> they're going to drop. Right, they're they gonna. He he's honestly though, man. He's he's gonna struggle getting in this rotation. I mean, yeah. you saw the the minutes. Only played late, three minutes the other night, Only and that three. was with no Whitehead. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So I think it's gonna be a struggle, but it's okay. He's not he's not a one year player. That's not his thing. And by the way, before we get off here, congrats to you, my man. Thank you, man. Your first ever uh, uh, men's basketball men's basketball play by play. Yeah, Monday night Auburn on the SEC Network Plus. 
congratulations, man. I know there's, those are different like milestones in your career For personally. Sure. And that, that's really cool, man, that you got that opportunity. Thank you, Josh. I appreciate you bringing that up. That was awesome. It was a fun experience for sure. And hopefully many more are in my future. That's that's the goal at the end of the day. So yeah, that's really cool, man. Congrats. Absolutely. Uh, well, I look forward to chatting with you again next week. Okay. Yeah, man. Have a great week. We'll see you later, JJ. All right. That's our buddy Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast joining us here on today's episode of the show. If you haven't done so already, again, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Also on YouTube, follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. And I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.